So what they have is something that is disappeared all over the Caribbean, and they still do it, and is beautiful liquid. Hello and welcome to Disgorged, a fun and spirited look at the world of wine and drinking. I'm your host, Zach Jabal, and coming up on the show today, we'll learn more about Clarine, a fascinating and historic spirit from the island of Haiti, as I speak with Daniele Biondi of La Maison and Velier. We'll discuss what makes Clarine unique, the different styles, and how it's a time capsule for a Caribbean that no longer exists. But first, a thought. Terroir is a messy term that's been exploited to the verge of uselessness. It's come under criticism from scientific quarters for not really being provable, and from consumer quarters as being a catch-all phrase without any definition. I myself am mostly tired of it, and generally avoid using terroir when I can. Yet there is something to the idea of a beverage or food that seems as if it could only come from the specific place it does. Clarine is one such beverage. While it's certainly possible to imagine someone growing wild sugarcane and laboriously harvesting and fermenting it with little or no mechanization, and then bottling it at whatever proof it happens to come off the still at, there are reasons why basically no one outside of Haiti still makes rum this way. Fortunately for us, the tradition is still alive, as is the case with other antiquated or localized beverage production like mezcal, sherry, or madeira. These drinks may never have the market of chardonnay or bourbon, but we as drinkers would be much poorer if they disappeared. So, approach the term terroir with the appropriate skepticism, but at the same time, when you can, appreciate the drinks that truly could not have come from anywhere else. Joining me on Discord today is Daniele Biondi of La Maison en Velier, a rum importer which specializes in unique and rare expressions of sugarcane. Unfortunately, Daniele and I had a few technical difficulties in recording this interview, so we kind of jump right in with me asking him why he was so interested in rum in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think rum is, is really, I mean, it has a great potential, you know. And so, uh, since because maybe it's a Caribbean or maybe because of the market or many reasons uh, never really developed uh, as the, all the potential it has. And uh, so what we did in the last years is exactly to, to try, to, to, try to, to stretch the category in different directions and uh, to, to create new, new, new opportunities and, so, and to make value to the run because it's really it's a, huge, it's a huge category, but I mean, Maybe too big. <laughs> it means that there are uh, so many different things that sometimes for the final consumer it's difficult to understand uh, the diversity, to understand the, basically to understand what they have in the glass. <laughs> yeah. That's what they that's what they buy. And uh, so we we work to make some clarification and to. Uh, also to open new new frontiers of rum. That's what we do. How did you first get interested in rum? What was your what was your introduction to it? Uh, I was a bartender. I did bartending for uh, six years in uh, in Italy, and uh, from the very beginning, uh, I don't know why, but I, I felt in love with with rum. I started to, you know, was twenty to uh, nineteen ninety nine. So started to turn bottles, you know, read the back labels and try to understand different provenances, different uh, brands and kind of rum. Consider that uh, in in Italy, the, the culture around rum and the culture around the, the Caribbean uh, was was not so developed at the time. So basically, the only tool you have is to uh, to find a book from uh, uh, who knows where, because the internet was not, Amazon was not yet developed. And also, so the only way was to buy, to buy bottles and start drinking and, and trying to, to, to get information. And uh, then I opened my first blog uh, in, uh, in 2005. So in some way we are colleagues. 
and uh, exactly for that because there was a lack of information around RAM and so uh, when the uh, internet was uh, you, you know 56k you know very very <laughs> slow very slow we started to to get the information to when you when you try to dial a word then you have to wait uh, for 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 a couple of glasses of RAM waiting for the, the reply <laughs> so it was very slow at the beginning but but uh, it was fascinating, you know, to, to have all this information. And the blog, the name of the blog was Rome Club. Now it's no more existing because the world changed it. And, uh, but it was the first voice uh, about RAM uh, 10, 12, 12 years ago now. So before Facebook, before, you know, uh, the, the, the access to the information that is not, that was the only, the only voices. And so... And uh, you know, with with this blog, I started to to speak with companies, to speak with uh, other players in the in the industry, and so at the end, I started to to work totally in uh, in, uh, in many projects, many projects. Before before Valier, just to finish, uh, I tried to go fast, but uh, I did a couple of years uh, with the Association of Producers. I don't know if you heard about WERSPA, the West Indies Rum and Spirit Producers Association. And um, uh, for two years and a half, we tried to, um, to put together a system of rules and to put together the, the producer of the Caribbean in the same room and to speak each other. And trust me, it was, was not so easy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, but was very was a beautiful period for me because till that I was a rum lover, rum drinker, bartender, and a blogger, but not not yet a rum traveler. And uh, when I started working with them, basically I passed two years and a half around the Caribbean, talking with the producer, visiting distilleries, uh, and so was uh, was really you know it, a dream came true, you know. Uh, and then after that, I, I came back to Italy, and I joined Valier, so the, the company I'm still working for, and the company that, as I told you, is uh, today maybe in. I, I noticed that here, this part of the ocean is not yet well um, known, but in uh, in Europe, uh, it's really recognized the company that now is changing, you know the. The, the perception of rum, changing the, the the culture behind and bringing new new frontiers of uh, of rum from different provenances. So it's a it's a quite big stuff, and and now I moved here just to bring everything uh, in in US. That's why we are here. <laughs> now. Well, I wanted to ask. You know, you mentioned your time spent uh, working on sort of a new classification or, or categorization for rum. Could you talk a little bit about what the idea that you or the ideas that you proposed were and how, you know, so I think people who know a little bit about rum know that you kind of think of rum either in terms of, uh, you know, color basically as a as an indicator of flavor profile yeah. or uh, sort of the, the heritage of the island that it comes from and, and you know, whether it's sort of uh, English, uh, French or Spanish. But the, the classification system that you guys devised is very different than that. Can you can you explain it? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, the, as I told you before, the market of rum is huge. There are uh, thousands of producers uh, or brands, uh, much more than the real distilleries. <laughs> and uh, uh, so the global market is like uh, is a bit more pirate-esque now, the market, than uh, uh, how was the rum in the past. <laughs> so it's a big, um, it's a big category. And in this category, there are many different things. Uh, the, the most important are the brands that are official bottlings from the distillery, of course. But there are lots of uh, new brands, um, brands that uh, are just, you know, uh, operation of marketing, let me say, and say they, they, don't, uh, they don't declare the distillery, so the, the source of the liquid. There are... Also, some independent bottlers, especially in Europe, that buy um, rum 
and do their own uh, vintages, their own labels. Uh, there are rums aged in the tropics as should be, and rum aged in uh, in Europe and uh, in many other parts, in many other areas. Uh, so it means not tropical aging as the rum should be, but uh, what we say continental aging, so European aging, which is much much slower. So it's completely different final uh, profile of the rum. Uh, so in this market, uh, there are many attempts to classify rum, as you said, and uh, yeah, the the most basic, and uh, uh, you you don't really understand anything if you if you use this classification is the the white, the gold, the dark, the overproof. This is something that uh, 20, 30 years ago maybe was was uh, helpful, but not now. And uh, another step of 15 years ago uh, was uh, to the sort of classification um, by style. So the French style, so rum that are uh, made in a French island in the Caribbean, so a different different school from from the Jews, you know, Uh, rum from the Spanish territories. And so um, rum made with molasses, made with light rums, they say. So rum that are uh, more for mixing, more for mixology. And so rum that are quite light in the body. And so every <clears throat> every uh, value they have are basically on the aging, on the long aging. And then the third category was the British uh, territories style which is uh, too big, too huge to really understand what, what it means. Uh, so very difficult to classify rum by color, very difficult to classify by style, by provenance, and very difficult really to understand, taking in hand the bottle, what it contains, let me say. So what we did a couple of years ago, uh, maybe you heard about Luca Garga. No, Luca is the owner of Valier and is the, uh, you know, the, the, I think the most passionate guy in RAM I ever, <laughs> I ever met in my life first. And he's also the owner of the company. So he, he has, he's a real volcano, you know, every day, a new idea, a new frontier. And he's a, he's an explore an explorer. So, uh, at the end it make everything happen, you know, so, <clears throat> With Luca, we uh, some years ago we started to think again about this issue of uh, how to classify rum, and at the end, uh, the idea he had, and now that we implemented in the last years, is to uh, talk about a classification based on the distillation method, because it's the only objective uh, way to classify. Uh, a spirit is the way it, it, it is made. <laughs> it's so simple and clear. Uh, so we took ins- inspiration from the classification of whiskey, so single malt whiskey and blended whiskey, and uh, you know the classification. And uh, uh, and we noticed that basically the single malt category uh, that was born just in the 60s uh, as, a, as a definition by, by Charles Gordon, so by William Grant, the previous owner. Um, single malt whiskey, the characteristic that make it um, so special and so complex is that it is distilled basically in a pot still. So the, with the artisanal distillation, so with the pot still, so what they what they call the discontinuous distillation is we think the real expression of uh, the raw material, the real expression of your terroir and the expression of the producer and uh, all the ability of, of the producer. So uh, starting from that, we thought that was a uh, good starting point to speak about how the rum is distilled. So we defined four uh, for diff- for uh, how can I say tiers, uh, and trust me, it's not a matter of quality. 
It's just a, a, an objective classification of uh, how rum is made. And uh, uh, so at the first level, let me say, this rum is 100% in pot stills. Uh, not, not many, to be honest, in, in the Caribbean. Uh, because in the last years, well, the, this technique is less and less used, unfortunately, because it's more expensive, because the market prefer other kind of rums. Um, so we call this category, taking inspiration from the pure single mold, we, talk, we, we call pure single rum. So in Europe, uh, we started to communicate the pure single rum as you mean the, the the real expression of a Jamaican uh, plantation or uh, a tradition in Barbados. It's it's more uh, in the British territories, but it's not necessary. Uh, what what is important is that this rum distilled in pot still uh, are the real expression of the uh, raw material or the fermentation you did before, and so it's really your own style impossible to reproduce also let me say uh, if you think about whiskey uh, how can i say a macallan uh, or a ardbeg or so single malt whiskey are possible to to do only in macallan distillery and in ardbeg distillery so it's not really possible to reproduce anywhere else uh, so this and then we define the other three levels uh, so you know there are many rums produced in uh, in continuous distillation, so in column, but there are many different uh, kind of columns still. Uh, and so we define the the, the the most traditional column still, some of the, the old style column still, and uh, there are two types basically. So uh, the uh, the rum distilled in uh, single column. So Colon Creole is all the French, I recall, rums are distilled in this way. And also the double column is a, is a considered a traditional way of uh, continuous distillation, even if there are no more, no, no more, just two or three producers in the Caribbean doing that. Uh, and the distillation in column still, even if it's more continuous, is more modern, it's a technology, uh, the half of the uh, 18, 1800s, um, at the end, uh, gives, still gives some expression. It's, the rum is more lighter, of course, but give a great expression of the raw material if you think all agricultural rum, how they are uh, vegetal, uh, herbaceous, floral, uh, and so um, And Another category is uh, uh, the, the, those rums that are blends of the two distillation uh, we we talk now we, we are talking now so the pot still distillation and the and the in the traditional column uh, if you think about Richard Steele in Barbados if you think about uh, El Dorado in Guyana um, also Appleton Jamaica. So many distilleries that uh, they had the pot still in the past, of course, and uh, when they um, implemented the production with the column still, they still keep uh, the, the pot still. And so the rum is a blend of the two. So basically with the, the column distilled rum, they do the, more, the, the lighter part, Okay, uh, and uh, they give a small percentage in the blend of the pot still rum uh, to create, you know, a flavor to create the real identity of the of the producer. And uh, and uh, at the end, the fourth level are all these uh, big distilleries, basically all the major brands in the all the global brands that uh, since they have to do first volume. And second, they have to, uh, they want to create, you know, a light run for, for mixology, a light run for, for cocktails. Uh, basically, they produce with uh, uh, um, what is called 
multi-column distillation. So big plants, uh, quite different from uh, what you think is a, is a distillery, <laughs> if you imagine a distillery. Uh, so big plants that produce uh, millions of liters uh, and so in this way they can give to the market a, a cheaper product, a market uh, that uh, a light ram, let me say, and so easy to mix, easy to sell in bulk to other producer, easy to so is more ethanol, let me say, in the last years when we started talking about this, uh, there are many many definitions around uh, our our classification, and some guys define this from like uh, molasses vodka, so. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and, it's, and it's, trust me, it's not, it's not um, incorrect because this plant, their aim is to produce uh, such a pure alcohol that pure is like saying neutral. So pure means pure from uh, flavors, pure from congeners, pure from uh, any... Uh, anything that is uh, something change the purity for what like if you think like vodka is easy to to understand. So uh, what we what we are working uh, in value is to make a big value of all these impurities <laughs> because these impurities that has a, a Ram from Barbados, from Jamaica, all the pure single ram are quite full of impurities in in the uh, vodka point of view, and uh, uh, but these impurities are really what make uh, a ram different from another, and so the diversity and so uh, the biodiversity also. Uh, so this concept is new. I understand. Uh, this way of classifying rum is new, it's a bit more complex than talking about the, the, the origin, the island. It doesn't really uh, take your mind to a white beach and palms in the, in the Caribbean, so it's more technical, I understand. But is a classification that can uh, really uh, make an upgrade of all the category of rum as happening for whiskey 50 years ago. And uh, uh, I think uh, a more clear ideas, a more technical, objective ideas also to the trade, especially not to the consumer, because the trade can, can understand it very easily, uh, can help the, the whole category. Absolutely. So let's, let's talk so, about one of those specific, uh, to me, and very interesting uh, sort of pot distilled, very unfamiliar to most consumer uh, products, and that's uh, Claren. <laughs> so maybe you could explain briefly what, what Claren is and, and how, like, what it, I mean, I, I tried it just for the first time a couple months ago, and it was really, uh, it just one or two, and it was a revelation. So can you talk a little bit about what that is, <laughs> maybe some of the history? Yeah. 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 Uh... Yeah, first, Claren is, uh, uh, talking about the classification, is a pure single rum, of course, and is made from juice. So in some ways, the, the, best, the best possible, so um, pot still runs from, from the juice, from the, the, the best raw material. Um, yeah, the story is that after traveling, Luca, Gargano, and me, uh, I mean, Luca more than me for sure, but all tra traveling all the distilleries in the Caribbean, all the countries visiting all, all in our in our career, uh, all the producer, um, we realized that Haiti was the only country that uh, we didn't really know so well. So in 2012, we went there the first time. Uh, we just. Uh, took a flight and rented a jeep, as we do, <laughs> we always do. And uh, when we went out the first day from the capital to the campaign, we realized 
that for a ram lover was the, the, the paradise completely because uh, in Haiti, since it's completely different in a political and historical and social point of view from the rest of the Caribbean, so you know the, the story uh, in 1802, the, um, uh, there was a revolution in Haiti, so basically uh, the, the, the slaves that were there to cut the cane um, did the revolution and won the revolution. And so uh, they, they uh, pushed out, uh, pushed out the, the French, the, colon, the colonists, and they became the, the, the first uh, independent country in the Caribbean. And uh, what happened is that in the last two centuries, so from 1802 to, to today, um, the run changed and the technology changed and the culture changed, everything changed in the Caribbean, except in Haiti. So um, when you go to Haiti and you go in the campaign today, uh, you find the situation that is exactly the, the, the situation of the Caribbean in 1802. I mean, then the world changed, but not there. And so talking about RAM, uh, consider that I, I give you just an example uh, you know how many distilleries there are in the Caribbean today? 49 only. And uh, except Haiti, of course. In Haiti only, there are more than 500. Wow. And, <laughs> but there are not small distilleries, uh, uh, sorry, are not big distilleries structured, uh, producing rum like all the others, but there are small shacks everywhere. Uh, and the Claren is just produced by the people in this shack just for the consumption of, of the villages. So basically is exactly what happened in the, in the, in the past. In the past in the Caribbean there were more than 10,000 distilleries, 10,000 shacks producing uh, sugar, of course, and producing uh, rum, dildiv, how uh, it, it doesn't matter how you call it, but was the rum of the past. So when you go to Haiti now, the first impression is to be in, uh, in the end of uh, 18th century uh, in terms of uh, um, raw material, in terms of sugarcane, the plantation and everything. And so the taste of the Clarence that you, that you love uh, is not only the taste of the Haitian rum of the people today, but should be uh, seen as the taste of the rum of 1802, so the day of the revolution. So if, you, if we can go with a time machine in Cuba, in uh, Puerto Rico or Dominican Republic or Jamaica or Barbados or whatever you want, um, in 1802, you find the same situation of rum that you find in Haiti. And the taste of the rum in this island uh, could be the taste of the rum of today in Haiti. Uh, that's, that's what it is. Uh, consider that uh, I think it's the best rum possible. <laughs> maybe you like, maybe you don't like. It's very rustic. It's different than our taste. Uh, is of course, uh, is quite far from our cultural palate, let me say. Uh, but when you go there, I, I, I say is the best possible, because if you go in every step of the production, they have the best of the best. Um, so for example, uh, first, the earth, the land is organic in Haiti. They really don't know what it means organic because everything is organic. And so they don't have the, the comparison, but everything is organic uh, because, uh, because the colonization didn't, because there was not colonization in the last centuries. And so there is no chemical, there is no this kind of stuff in the, in the land. So everything is clean, uh, sugarcane varietal, 
are hundreds and hundreds, much more in Haiti than in the rest of the world, uh, because um, are not hybrids. So, like in the last uh, 50, 60 years, in the rest of the uh, the area, so you can find every village, every um, province, you can find a biodiversity that is uh, incredible. Uh, then they cut by hand, you know, they bring uh, the cane uh, with uh, small cars, uh, um, with uh, bulls, you know, with bulls or donkeys. So everything is in another world. Uh, they squeeze the cane. Many of them, uh, especially in the campaign, they still have the wooden mills. Okay, so they squeeze the cane with the wooden mills. Uh, and so the yield is is so low. It's just the first press. It's the real first press. And so the the juice is the best possible of this indigenous cane organic. No? So, yeah. uh, and then when you have the juice, you have a natural fermentation. They don't use uh, yeast, selected yeast or industrial yeast. I mean, they don't know what it means, you know, selected yeast. Uh, and so uh, the fermentation starts naturally, and uh, it takes uh, five days, six days, seven days. It depends. And uh, uh, at the end, the wash, fermented wash, is so full of of uh, complexity, then it's ready to be distilled. They distill in. Um, most of the of the producers are still in small pot stills uh, with direct fire, uh, so feed by wood or feed by bagasse, so the same fiber of the cane after after squeezed, and uh, um, and then they they distill one time only, and so at the end of the distillation can be around 46, 47, 48, 50, 52. Let me say this is the range. Uh, and they don't dilute, of course, and consider that they don't bottle. So in uh, in Haiti, in the villages, they just distill, they put it in a plastic tank or whatever it is, and you go home and you drink it. So when in, in 2012, just to just to finish the, our story, in 2012, uh, we started to understand that this was the future of the run I mean, maybe it's the past of the rum, or maybe they are so in the past that, that they are in the future, you know. Uh, so we understood that, and uh, we asked them to uh, to create bottles. To We want to do labels, and we want to make a proper range, a proper brand, to, to, make, to, to give value of what they do, because what they have is really... The it is a world uh, heritage, let me say. So what they have is something that is disappeared all over the Caribbean, and they still do it, and is beautiful liquid. And so uh, what we decided was to uh, try to ask them if they they want to be part of this project. Uh, and so everything started, and now. Uh, is around uh, Italy, around Europe, and uh, from last week, we are available in New York. <laughs> so yeah, that's the story. Um, and how, uh, you know, from a taste perspective, for people who are unfamiliar, certainly, uh, who are unfamiliar with uh, with it, and and maybe don't even even in hearing you describe it, don't really understand what they might be yeah. getting. What, how, how would you describe the flavor profile or, or flavor profiles and, and maybe if there's anything else you could relate it to? Yeah, consider that if you know uh, Agricola rum, uh, maybe is, is the closest thing because, or maybe if you know artisanal cachaça from Brazil, but just a, a small producer in Brazil, for sure, not the not the big brand. Uh, it's the most similar thing because it's the it's the expression of the vegetal, it's the expression of the um, the sugar cane. Uh, it's difficult to uh, tell you the taste profile of one Karen because there are so many, 
And the, the biodiversity, the sugarcane used are so many that at the end, uh, uh, the expression, uh, the, all the expressions are very different. The, the, I can tell you one thing here, especially here in, uh, in New York, uh, in US in general, the guys that tasted Claren already here, they told me, ah, yes, it's like a mezcal in terms of the story. So uh, the story is quite the same as uh, the uh, ancestral producer of agave in, uh, in Oaxaca or in, in Mexico, rather than in the tequila, okay? So um, it's, oh, the story is quite the same. The taste profile is not, of course, it's not the same as mezcal, so it's not smoked. Uh, it's much more sweet, it's much more vegetal, um, but it's, it's, this, it's the same uh, identity, you know, it's very rustic, it's very direct, and, uh, but you feel the, the energy when you drink Claren that is completely different than, than any, any, other, any other kind of rum. Uh, we had three expressions, uh, Claren Sajus, Claren Vaval and Claren Casimir. So Claren is the name of the, of the spirit, of course, and uh, we put on a label the, the, the name of the producer, so the name of the, of the distiller. Uh, because the, our style, you know, is to give value of these people. They are the real artists. They are the real producer. Uh, it's what we are doing in, in, in Europe with uh, our range of mezcal single palenque. So going to the single palenquero and give a, put him on the label, okay, is our uh, style. But, uh, anyway, Sajus is three hours driving from the capital and is an enclave of uh, in the mountains. The cane is crystalline and is the finest of the three. It's the, the green label uh, to, to, to understand. Uh, it's the finest, it's a bit more uh, fresh, it's a bit more um, uh, floral, uh, fruit, fruity, uh, it's even dry. It's, it's the, normally in the tasting I put Sajus first because it's more easy to understand if you drink uh, uh, agricultural rum or maybe in general it's easier. Uh, second one is Claren of uh, Mr. Fritz Baval. So Claren Baval is in the south. He's uh, very close to the sea. Is more mineral. So when I say the expression of the raw material means that <laughs> since he's close to the sea, you can really feel the saltiness. You can feel the minerality in the liquid, and is uh, dry as well. Um, in this batch is uh, the batch we have available in the US because we did four batch in these five years and every batch is uh, slightly different because it's a natural uh, product so uh, we don't we don't we don't search consistency <laughs> we search exactly the opposite now okay. we search uh, the, the natural expression <coughs> sorry so the in this batch Baval has some very interesting flavor of uh, um, licorice, uh, anise, I'm sorry for my pronunciation. <laughs> it's okay. Um, and, uh, uh, and the third one, Claren Casimir. Claren Casimir is, is great. He's a great man. He's a great guy. You know, when you, it's a six hours driving from, from the capital. And trust me, it takes three hours to do 20 miles to go there. You really go up to the mountain with a four-wheel drive, you know, yeah. uh, first gear, second gear, first gear. So it's, it's crazy to arrive there. And, uh, and there are 13 distilleries, I mean, uh, 13 shacks distilling in this uh, small village of Baradere. Is the, is the paradise there, you know. Uh, and you know the mood of the village is so sweet. The people are really in an, in I mean uh, in another another completely another culture. So when you go there, you you understand the 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 richness of this country. 
the richness of the raw material, the richness of the land, and let me say the richness of the people when you go there. Uh, and you understand many things about our own world when you are there. <laughs> so uh, the Claren is the Casimir is the um, is the most full of flavors. Uh, he does fermentation in wooden vat, uh, adding also some uh, ginger lemongrass during fermentation. Has his own style, uh, which is the style of the, the village. And um, the Claren is really uh, full. The full body uh, is also quite oily. Uh, it's very interesting, very new taste. I heard many, many flavors. So someone say cheesy, some say uh, mushroom, some say it's sweet, some others say it's dry, uh, truffle. I, I heard everything about this Claren. And uh, it's, it's really a great experience to have it in a glass. So go to Haiti when you... <laughs> Well, it, yeah. yeah, if you have one week, let's take a flight and go to Haiti because it changed completely your your perception of what rum is. You know? um, are any of these, uh, do you, are they all kind of bottled very much uh, straight off of the, from the still or do they spend some time aging or is that, is that a thing that doesn't happen at all or, or is it all, like, how, how does that work? Mm -hmm. Uh, they don't have time to wait. So, <laughs> gotcha. uh, no, yeah, like mezcal, like uh, many spirits, uh, local spirits. I mean, uh, are drunk uh, white. Yeah, they don't. They don't have the concept of aging, uh, and I love that because I think. Let me say that the concept of aging, of giving a value to uh, uh, the to an old spirit is uh, a, like European, let me say, European stuff. So uh, we are uh, whiskey, we are cognac, we are drinker and producer of spirits that don't, uh, first it doesn't exist white, <laughs> apart, uh, you know, a uh, few exceptions in the last years, but there's no a whiskey, a white whiskey, because the raw material is not so uh, interesting. It's not so full of sugars. It's not full of flavors to have a great white spirit when it's unaged. So uh, it's our culture to wait and to create a value and to create uh, everything around the aging to arrive to a, a, a prestigious spirit. Uh, on the contrary, when you go to the Caribbean, so the area of the producers, uh, they drink white. If you go in Martinique, they drink white agricole. If you go in Guadeloupe, they, they drink white. Also, if you go in Mexico, they drink mezcal is white. Uh, so they drink the raw material. They drink the expression of, of this beautiful raw material. And so they don't need to age they don't they don't want to wait uh, for them the aging is a matter of of the export market so they age just for just for giving to us you know also if you go to jamaica they drink uh, uh bray and nephew white or worthy park uh, white so <clears throat> i did a, this is a joke but i did a, a seminar a couple of years ago in Italy, that the name was uh, "White Drink Dark" and "Dark Drink White," <laughs> because it's a good way to let the people understand that when you go there, the rum is completely, completely different than the perception you have in uh, in, in Europe or, or or in the United States as well. Till now, I hope. Uh, so that's the that's the idea. They just drink, they just distill, and they, I mean, they drink. Uh, so what we did was to uh, to ask them to do the bottles, as I told you, the label, and we brought the first Claren bottle in the in the history, basically of of IT in uh, in the market in Europe. Uh, I tell you one st 
top secret information. Okay. We have, we have, so don't tell to anyone. <laughs> uh, now we, um, as Velia, we um, we do this bottling together with the family in in Porto Prince. So the first two batches till 2014, uh, we were used to bring the the bulk in Italy and do the bottlings in Italy. Uh, but then we managed to create a, a, a small structure, a small bottling line in uh, in Haiti together with a family, to the Linge family in Port-au-Prince. And uh, um, two years ago, we started to uh, build also a small warehouse in uh, in the with this family. And in the warehouse now there are Claren in aging. So your question was a good question because uh, we just to try, you know, just to, we, we did uh, 50, 50, 60 barrels till now, just to try to see what happened during the aging of Claren. Uh, since it's distilled one time only and the ABV is so low, uh, it's very different than the, the normal aging tropics of all the other runs. So we don't have experience, and so we just put there some some barrels uh, to to see to see what happened. And uh, in next month, but only in Europe because it will be very very small quantity, uh, we will bottle some of them and see. Uh, I'm curious to see <laughs> what's gonna happen. Excellent. Uh, I, I I tasted a couple of months ago. I was uh, last time I was there in, in Haiti. And they are great, are great. The barrels in which they are aging are the Caroni, Caroni barrels. Uh, I don't know if you heard about Caroni rum, uh, our selection of Caroni rum, Trinidad. So, I mean, when we empty some, when we empty a barrel now for a release that we do in our market, we we send, we ship the barrel in Haiti and we fill with Claren just to explore new, new tastes. That's what we are doing. Excellent. Well, so, it, oh, I was going to say, I, I, I really appreciate that. It, it really seems like, uh, you and, and Velia are doing, uh, really amazing work to explore this category and to, and to bring, uh, the results of that exploration uh, now to the U.S. market. Uh, you mentioned that the that uh, a little bit of the product is now available in New York. Is the will it eventually be available uh, in other parts of the country, or or is it mostly going to be just in New York? Mm. Well, at the beginning, uh, New York only by now. Uh, so um, we have planned to to do other other state, of course. Uh, but we, I mean, we just started last week. So uh, in this moment, let me let me say New York because is 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 enough busy to start a, a new market, especially with products like these that are very very different. What I, what I can say just just you to know is that uh, one of our friends here and one of our fan. <laughs> Of what we of what we did the last year is the the buyer Nima the buyer of Astor wine and uh, uh, so basically Astor both Claren and since you know they ship all over the country uh, maybe this is the the, the fastest uh, uh. solution you can have to to get some bottle I mean yeah. going to to Astor and buy. <laughs> And here I was thinking I was going to have to come to New York just to get my hands on some. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And one, one more thing. I, was, I talk about Caroni. Caroni is another long story. Uh, I tried to tell you in one second. It's a, it's a distillery that closed in, 20, in 2003. And Luca Gargano was there when they closed for doing pictures, so for another reason. But uh, the guy is, uh, is always in the right moment, you know, in the right place, in the right moment. <laughs> and, uh, and so he bought the stock of the Caroni distillery when they closed. And uh, from 2005, basically, uh, we, I mean, Valier started to do all the bottlings of all the vintages that he found in the warehouse there in Trinidad. 
the barrels are still there, so we do we always do uh, tropical aging. We never move barrels in uh, in other climates in other continents. Uh, I mean, we think that a, a run in Trinidad has to uh, age in Trinidad. You know, we, we are Italian, we love wines. A Barolo, uh, a Barolo has to age in Barolo, not uh, in uh, in another part of the world, of course. Uh, Chianti, Brunello di Montalcino, you know, wine has to has to be produced and aged in Montalcino. Okay, so for us, Ram has to age in uh, in his own country. Uh, so I mean. I, I say that because just this morning, uh, so to have the, the brick news of what we are doing this morning, Caroni is available finally uh, in, in the warehouse. So uh, you can find not only the white ancestral rum from uh, small Asian producers, but you can find also Caroni vintage 2000, so 17 uh, years of static aging in the tropics. Uh, we bought it at 55%, so high proof. And so this is a completely different kind of experience, uh, but it's interesting as well. I mean, yeah, sounds fascinating. And, and obviously, the the fact that it's from a distillery that no longer exists is uh, definitely uh, yeah. both, both amazing yeah. and also a little tragic, I guess. Yeah, it will be a little tragic uh, when we borrowed the last barrel. So when we when we will bottle the last one, I don't know. I think I will start crying. <laughs> uh, yeah, because because we have like ten percent of angel sharing in Trinidad uh-huh. in our warehouse there. So first you lose ten percent per year of your juice, and then you sell it. And so this is the nice part of our business, of course. But uh, the the stock of the barrels is every year is less and less and less so in in uh, three four years will be really we, we will be close to the to the last barrels gotcha well we'll have to get our hands on it uh, while we still can uh thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it It was really interesting talking to you and uh we will look forward to getting a chance to taste some more of this these really really unique and interesting spirits uh as they enter the u.s market more Okay. Thank you too, Zach. Thank you for this opportunity. Thanks again to Daniele Biondi for his time. If you live in New York, you can find the spirits we discussed at a number of bars and liquor stores throughout New York City, while the rest of us might have to wait a little bit longer to get our hands on them. To get your hands on interesting wines and spirits, check out disgorgedwine.com or find me on social media at Zjebal. That's Z-G-E-B-A-L-L-E. Thanks again for listening to Disgorged and cheers. Cheers.